Welcome back to Rockhound Radio. If you're just now tuning in for the first time, glad you're here. Like I said, if you're back, that's even better. So we're going to jump right back into uh, Stardew Valley. This is going to be our last episode talking about this game. I want to talk about some post-game stuff and, you know, all that all that good junk, right? So, and there's, there's quite a bit, but I've kind of dumbed it down a little bit, at least for me, so I don't get caught up rambling about a bunch of stuff and I get off track all the time about this game because it's just so easy to you know first you start out doing little stuff and then I don't know about a year in in game time you're like okay well now I can do this and you know I'm gonna plan my day to do this and I've just kind of been playing chilled back lately I spent my two million gold and I've just kind of been recouping all my lost wages and all that kind of stuff so I did post some pictures today this is, uh, I'm recording on a Sunday, so trying to get a little head start for the week. But yeah, I posted some pictures of my farm I've been playing as Julian from Trailer Park Boys. And uh, I think he's running a pretty good farm. There's Now there's a lot of stuff I could do to maximize space and all the tiles and all that stuff. But I don't know, I kind of like where I'm at now. And I'm trying to just, I guess I'm just trying to expand as needed. The uh, the big shed that I put in with all the kegs that you guys saw, that's kind of a work in progress. I'm still uh, I'm still getting a bunch of oak resin to keep making them kegs, and I think it's like every week I cash out and get like a little like twenty or so. So I'm trying to build all those at once, and you know you you guys know what I'm talking about out there just grinding to get those resources right. So let's talk about the community center. Now, if you guys have played and, you know, got to the cutscene about the community center, you guys have went through and there's all kinds of, like, bundles to kind of complete, you know. You, basically, it's a variety of items, whether they're foraged. Oh, man, there's just so many. Fishing, combat-related stuff, uh, farming, different vegetables, fruits, just different kind of goods in general. Now, if, uh, if you guys remember, we talked about that traveling cart. He is down in the forest on Fridays and Sundays. He sometimes sells the stuff that you need to complete bundles if you're lucky. So if you guys are struggling to find that one thing or you only need one thing left to complete something on a Friday or a Sunday, go check out that guy's cart. He's got all kinds of stuff and you know a lot of it can be, I think it's all randomized on what it is and like what, you know, I don't even know if they have like a table for what days or anything like that you can get certain items, but I know you can look up everything that he sells. So he is considered the wandering merchant or the traveling merchant or something like that. So like I said, if you find yourself struggling to uh, get those community boxes done, go check out what he's selling on a Friday and a Sunday and you know, he might just have that one thing. But the, yeah, the community center, it unlocks so much stuff. So if you guys have unlocked any of it, I would say the easiest one to at least for me, was always getting the mining carts. And I think that's like, oh, a copper bar, an iron bar, a gold bar. You need some monster loot. And then you need some other stuff too. I don't exactly remember. But yeah, you get those land cart or yeah, land carts, mine carts up and rolling. And you can travel from the bus station to the quarry. Once you get the quarry unlocked, the bus station to town, to the mine, and it's pretty much a big staple on getting back and forth. I mean, you can cut out a lot of time going from 
the rail car from the mine back to the bus stop and then home rather than just hoofing it. You know, it makes a big deal, especially when you can just run over to the bus station, take the cart. It'll take you right to town and take you right beside Clint's house. And that, that's pretty convenient. So like I said, a lot of the stuff that you'll get in the community center is just upgrades and kind of like convenience projects, right? They make, make your life a little easier, make uh, getting A to B a little bit quicker and all that stuff. So check out that. You'll, uh, you'll have quite a few, let's see, you can finish it in your first year, but it does take a lot. It takes uh, hitting all your certain foraging through like spring, summer, winter, and fall. It, you gotta make sure you plant the right crops and things like that. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on that because you definitely wanna get at least the greenhouse, which is like the crops and the quality crops by your first year in winter. That way in the winter time, you can still make money because that's the sweet thing about a greenhouse you put the greenhouse in and basically it allows you to plant anything you want in whatever season in the greenhouse you can have blueberries in the winter you can have strawberries in the you know in the fall and just all kinds of stuff you can pretty much grow whatever you want and you kind of saw that the screenshot that i put on where you seen like all the fruit trees and stuff that's the greenhouse and i actually have mine set up with like two different fruit trees all around and then or like two of the same of different fruit trees and then I have my whole uh, my whole greenhouse is set to churn over ancient fruit and if you guys don't know what ancient fruit is you can find an ancient seed and what I would suggest to you is don't turn that first one in to the museum because it is like a donatable item what you need to do is make yourself a seed maker and plant that ancient seed grow the fruit and then you know put it back put the fruit back in the seed maker and then just keep doing that and then you'll eventually get what i have in the greenhouse and you'll just have they reproduce like every 11 or 13 days i don't have to replant they're already getting watered so basically all i have to do is however many times a month go in there clean up all the fruit and turn all that into wine and i make something crazy like 150,000 and building since I think if I turn in all the wine at once in my basement in the shed, it's like 150,000, probably close to like 180, 200 now. But yeah, that's just kind of like a, a late game setup that you can work towards, you know, to really cash in a lot, a lot of money. You know, I turn all that ancient fruit into wine and then I usually do the, the cask where they age for like two months. And once you get them aged for two months, like I think, which is, I have a fraction of those compared to like regular bottles of wine. But I think like with 30 or 40 aged ancient fruit wine, I get like 250,000. And that's that's a big paycheck for me. I'm not in the cash of millions yet, but we're working on it. Like I said, I spent two million, it pretty much took, I don't know, I was cashing in a bunch of different resources and stuff that I had saved up. And that was all during like fall. I already had, I had like, a little over a mil and I ended up making a mil and I don't know like maybe like a month or a month or so but I did hit a lot of good wine days and things like that so just kind of gives you something to you know work towards maybe you guys seen something in my farm that you like and you're like man I, I should do that all those uh, silver poles they are battery collectors in like the summer and fall when it thunderstorms you guys get those built and I mean, I have like a stockpile of batteries. I've got like 80 plus or something. 
they are worth a lot of money to cash in, but they're even more valuable because you eventually need them for like iridium sprinklers. And I think there's some other high tier, high crafting stuff you'll need it for. But uh, yeah, save those batteries and those can also double as a fence. You know, maybe that's what I'll do is I'll build a fence for my animals of pure lightning rods and you know, two things with that. They'll, you know, that fence will never break down. You know, you won't hurt your animal. And then you can also place like a grass starter to plant grass right at the base of that lightning rod. And technically, I wouldn't call it really a glitch. It's more like, well, I don't know if it's a glitch or not, or if it was intended. But if you place your lightning rod down, and then you place like a grass seed down at the base of it, your animals will never be able to eat that tile, but it'll constantly produce. So if you guys are looking for an easy way, and you can do that with any kind of fence or anything like that, you know that it pretty much makes that tile unreachable but it constantly spreads and if you got a lot of animals on your farm outside like I do you're gonna want them to eat outside their affection stuff goes up a lot faster and you know then you don't have to worry about going down there and putting feed out you only have to do that on rainy days but yeah the uh, I really like the the switch has a cool factor or yeah cool factor cool whatever to uh, you can scan a QR code on your switch and take your pictures right to your phone and that's what I did with the stardew save and it turned out to be pretty cool you know I was glad the pictures turned out good and I was trying to get a couple videos but the way that like the 30 second clips work on there I haven't really figured out how to like where they start and where they end so I just kind of didn't even mess with that I figured you know what screenshots will be good enough at least you guys can kind of see what I'm working with and you know that's probably my best farm on there you know only not only because I have 70 hours but because I've taken a lot of time to rearrange and make things convenient for myself. If you guys wanted another good tip, build shipping bins everywhere that you're going to harvest stuff. If you guys, I don't know if you would have been able to see them or not, but I have one shipping bin by your house. It's always there. I have one down there by my chickens and the coops and all that. And by like the mayo makers. And I also have one down by my barn where like all my truffles and stuff are. Because that way, if you got too much stuff in your inventory, you don't have to run back and forth. All you have to do is, you know, stop right there, gather your stuff, throw it in the bin, and next thing you know, bing, bang, bong, big old check. You know how it goes. It's nice. But yeah, plant those shipment boxes everywhere. They only take up a couple tiles. You don't really have to worry about it. And like I said, super, super convenient. And then I think in some of the screenshots, you might have also been able to see a horse. So there's a couple different ways you can get around faster in this game. You can make coffee with coffee beans and kegs, which I have a bunch of coffee in one of my chests and you know, it makes you, now I don't know the specs on your speed for like coffee versus riding a horse, but I would definitely recommend building the stable with Robin for the horse. It gets you around a lot faster. My horse's name is Conky. And if you guys are familiar with Trailer Park Boys, You'll remember that Conky was Bubbles' puppet. And Conky just made a mess of things. But Conky's a good horse. He's a good boy. He gets me around places real fast. And no matter where you leave your horse at the next morning, when you wake up, he's right back out there in the stable just hanging out. So yeah, looking at going the coffee route, the horse route. The horse route is, you know, it's like a hundred hardwood. And if you guys upgrade your axe to get down into the hidden forest down there, like the end of the cinder sap forest, there's like a big dead tree log and you can only chop it up if you upgrade your axe, right? 
if you get in there, you can get hardwood every day. And that's a pretty valuable, hardwood's a pretty valuable resource. You can eventually upgrade one of your skills. And I think it's like called the lumberjack or something like that. I hope it's called lumberjack. And it actually has a choice to drop hardwood on every tree. So I always take that perk because you need hardwood for a lot of, you know, top tier crafting stuff and you can never have enough. And then, you know, you don't always want to be stuck with being able to gather, I think it's like up to 20 some pieces a day or maybe like 15, depending on how many spawn there or whatever. But yeah, build that stable, get your horse or get some coffee beans rolling. Before I had all the ancient fruit in my greenhouse, I just ran like a strictly like, it was like a freaking barista. I had coffee plants everywhere and all I did was run around the farm about 100 miles an hour drinking coffee. You know, everybody knows that one person drinks coffee nonstop and they did it did it did it did and they just run 100 mile an hour. That was my guy. And I was just running around the farm and all my animals were afraid because I'm like zipping in and zipping out. But like I said, you definitely want a, a spood, uh, yeah, spood, speed boost when you're traveling around Stardew. You know, maybe what I would recommend is a horse and then having some coffee on standby. So that way you can take your coffee to the mine. And you know, if you got those big baddies chasing after you, all you gotta do is stop what, stop what you're doing, pause the game, you know, take a little sip of your espresso, and then boom, you're running around like a crazy man, they can't even touch you. But you know, like I said, there's so many, so many cool things in the community center. You know, the, the mine carts, there's the greenhouse. You can eventually get like a, it's like a pan. You can sift through the river for ore. And I'm going to be honest with you. I played this game a bunch and I still don't know how that works. I've tried it. I just never really messed with it. So if you want help on how to pan for ore, I am not the person to ask 100%. That is not me, but it is a cool concept. I do like that. It was like kind of a, not an add on, but just one of those things that makes this game that much more interesting. You have the quarry. The quarry is a really cool place. It's got it's full of a bunch of rocks and ore. Different things will spawn there, geodes and you know silver, gold, all that's not silver, iron, sorry. Gold, copper and you can kind of go through, blow it all up, harvest all that resource and it'll eventually respawn slowly. I think it takes like a month in game to completely respawn. But if you got, I mean, by now you guys are so busy that a month goes by without you guys even realizing, you know, kind of like real life, kind of like it's already August or halfway through August. And, you know, it's hard to believe that we'll be hanging Christmas lights and having Thanksgiving. And, you know, I don't even want to think about that right now. Let's get back to our non-reality slash reality game, right? So you can go to the quarry. There is a really cool place in the quarry. It's kind of like a little mini cave, mini dungeon. And you go through there, I forget how many levels it is, but you definitely want to check this out. If you've gotten the quarry, go there. It's like on the left side of the quarry, this little like cave, right? You go in there, you know, take supplies with you, get through there, get all the way to the bottom. And there's like a statue, I think, and you can actually get a golden scythe. So your scythe, you can use to cut down like fiber and grass on your farm. And that's how you add hay to your silos. And that's one thing that you don't have to upgrade or that you can't upgrade. It's because you get a golden scythe at that little spot. And I think it like doubles the amount of hay or you have a chance for more hay to go in or something like that. I don't know the specs on it, but 
it is definitely cool to have a golden scythe. So if you guys are in the quarry or have that unlocked, go check that out. It's definitely pretty sweet. And then let's see, there's some, some sewers. If you guys have donated enough stuff to the sewers with, uh, yeah, donated it to the sewers. Yeah, throw all your stuff in the trash. If you donated enough stuff to the museum, eventually you'll get like the key to the sewers. There's a couple like fish down there you can catch in the sewer. It's like a sewer carp or I don't know, it's something weird like that. There's a legendary fish down there because if you guys didn't know this, there are five legendary fish, I'm pretty sure. They can only be caught at certain places and they can only be caught in certain times and seasons. There's like a one in the ocean, one in the lake, one in the sewer. Uh, there's one somewhere in like the river like down by the wizard's house or something. I don't, I've never caught them. I've only caught the one in the sewer and it's actually in a fish tank and it should, you, you might've been able to see it in one of the screenshots, but he is chilling in my fish tank because I don't think you can sell them and I don't, because they're the only one like that you can get. So that's pretty cool. If you're a collector like I am in most games, I just haven't sat down to do it. Go check out the legendary fish. They're pretty cool. But yeah, anyway, you get down to the sewer you find Krobus, and Krobus is actually the same race as some of the stuff you fight in the mines. And he'll kind of talk about that a little bit. And he's like, you know, no one's ever been nice to me. You know, if you guys have ever watched uh, The Hobbit or Lord of the Ring, he kind of reminds me of like a, uh, oh yeah, Smeagol, right? He's like down in the dungeon. He's like, my precious, nobody ever speaks to me. But yeah, he is pretty creepy and you are in a sewer and he is kind of a ghost. But yeah, Krobus is pretty cool. He, you can actually quote unquote marry his character. It, it takes a whole lot of nonsense. I've never done that, but Krobus is pretty cool. He does sell some pretty wicked stuff. And that's where you find the $2 million return scepter. That thing's pretty cool. Touch of a button, it transports you directly to your house no matter where you are, like on your front doorstep. So if you guys are looking for an awesome late game goal, go check that out. Like I said, two million bucks. It's a lot of gold to spend. I went from, you know, like I had like 200 and, oh yeah, 200. I had two million and like, then like I spent what I had and then I think I was left with like 50 or 60 grand. And I was like, okay, well, you know, that's not awful bad. And I think like a day or two later, I hit it big with a bunch of wine. And I was like right back up to like half a mil. And I was like, well, okay. Spending two million wasn't that bad. But yeah, it's definitely a cool uh, cool late game thing. I've seen it in plenty of my other saves, but I was like, how is anybody even supposed to get $2 million? I have 20,000 and I feel like I'm rich. These millionaires. And then now I just bought it and I was like, hear ye peasants of, Star of Pelican Town. I'm using my magical staff to go home. And then, I'm gone. That's kind of what I imagine Julian doing is just parading through town. Just, I have the return scepter. I'm the king of the castle and you're the dirty rascal. But yeah, that, it, that's kind of the stuff that goes roll, rolls through my mind when I'm playing this game. Is I kind of just make up my own story in my head. You know, there's some characters I don't like. And then there's some characters I give stuff that they don't like kind of on purpose. I'm like, oh, you must... You, you like this rock? And then I give it to them. And they're like, oh, I hate this. And I'm like, ha ha, I know, dick. And then I run away. <laughs> but yeah, like that's just, I don't know. That's a little 
inside of what happens in my brain when I play video games, right? I just kind of get lost in it and make up my own stuff. And yeah, it's a whole hell of a ride. Let's get back to Stardew, right? So you guys have been in the sewers. Oh, we talked about the Golden Scythe. And like I said, get a horse, the community center. Oh, the last thing, that part, last part of the community center I didn't talk about was the desert. You unlock the desert and Pam takes you on a bus ride to the desert. Same bus ride you came in on. I don't know why you can't go anywhere else you know, besides the desert. But you go there and there's a really scary skull cavern. And it is like the mine on steroids. The enemies are super tough. There is virtually no end to it. The best advice I can give is get on YouTube and check out Skull Cavern. You know, it'll basically give you a rundown of, you know, things you want to take, what you want to be prepared for. Basically, you want to go on lucky days and you want to take a butt ton of resources like staircases, bombs, because I read something very valuable the last time I went down there. Well, not when I was in the mine, but like a forum or something. It said... Do not worry about mining or gathering resources till past level 50. And I was still kind of new to uh, run the skull, yeah, yeah, skull cavern. And I got to like level 50 and I was like, okay, well, you know, let's see what happens. And then a bunch of stuff started happening. All different kinds of ore, iridium. Oh man, prismatic shards, which are very important. If you don't know what that is, look it up. They actually, it is an item to donate to the museum. Um, it's a super valuable item and rare, and then it also makes the Galaxy Sword, and the Galaxy Sword is pretty sweet. It's basically like an Iridium, it kind of reminds me of like an Iridium Master Sword, right, for a little bit of, little bit of Zelda action, which I have been playing here recently, uh, Skyward Sword. If you guys never played Zelda, or maybe you are a fan, I've uh, been playing Skyward Sword. I haven't beat it yet because it is just a giant pain. And I mean, I'm at like the end of it now. I think I've only got like one thing left to do. But we all know how that happens in a Zelda game. One thing left to do translates in about 12 more hours a game because it's just, it's, it's a lot. You know, maybe we'll talk about one of the Zelda games. I played Breath of the Wild. Can't wait for the sequel. We'll definitely be covering the sequel. And that'll be like a, oh my gosh, that'll be a long, that'll be a long episode or season, I guess, because... Breath of the Wild, if you guys have never played it, it is awesome. It is probably, hands down, one of my top favorite Nintendo Switch games. If you guys never played it, look up a video of it. There's a, a, lot, of crazy, a lot of crazy stuff you can do in that game. And then I watched videos myself like while I was playing. And I was like, God, how are these people even doing this kind of stuff? But it is, I would put it as more of like a harder game, but it is super fun. So, uh, yeah. Not Zelda, we're talking about Stardew. Galaxy Sword, it is pretty cool. It'll hack and slash your way through all those high tier enemies with a lot more ease. So check out the Skull Cavern, look it up on YouTube. There was something else I was gonna refer you guys to YouTube for and I don't remember. I know it was the Skull Cavern because I've watched several videos on that just to uh, kind of prep myself for what I was getting into. Oh, that's what it was. In the sewers, Krobus and in the mines the dwarf so if you guys get on YouTube and look up just look up dwarf and Krobus feud in Stardew and it kind of gives you this whole like I don't even know it's like oh it's one of those dark deep rabbit holes 
it's like a Reddit thread. The farther you scroll, the worse it gets. You know, you can almost feel like the lights are getting darker around you and you're like, you know, the air gets thick and you're like, oh my God, you know, what the, oh my God, what the hell is going on? But yeah, look that up. You know, I'm the, I can get lost in conspiracy theories and I can even get lost in game theories, right? Where they're like, you know, maybe the bad guy was actually the good guy and you, the good guy, was actually the bad guy. And then, you know, they kind of like flips the whole game upside down and you're like, oh my God. I am the bad guy. And, you know, it, it's just, I don't know, the dwarves and the Krobus thing. Definitely give that a listen. Look it up. Maybe read about it on Reddit. You know, Reddit is a killer place to find. Like, Reddit is like the cure-all of the internet, right? You can find anything or anything on Reddit. It's insane. Gaming to who knows what else. I uh, I just kind of gotten to read. I've always kind of read stuff on Reddit or like through the, not the app or the website, but... I recently downloaded the app to follow another podcast, which is uh, the Experience Share, the Pokemon podcast. They are awesome, and they have like a Reddit thread. So I started reading on there, and then most of the time I just start looking up gaming stuff through Reddit because, you know, it's just like we talked about in one, another episode. Somebody somewhere has had the same problem as you, and guaranteed it's probably been posted on Reddit. So check that out. You know, there's a whole bunch of big Stardew threads on reddit that are pretty cool like people showcasing stuff and people talking about the thousands of hours they put on and a lot of people you'll see will play on pc and you know there's a lot of cool pc mods but i don't do no mods i wish i could but i play on the switch and i play it vanilla old school just the old reg but yeah i think that uh, pretty much wraps up stardew you know maybe we'll come back in a while and talk about all the cool stuff you guys have done or you know maybe i can keep you guys updated if i keep playing which it's kind of for me, like I'll play it real hard for a while and then I, you know, I won't play it. And then I'll jump back in and be like, oh, well, I'm going to go spend all my money real quick. But yeah, I'm definitely excited to uh, see your guys' farms or if you guys are playing or anything like that. Let me know. Send me pictures, you know, send me a, send me a link, a video or whatever. But yeah, we'll take a short little break and then we'll get on to the next game we're playing. I'll tell you after the break. Now that we're back to the show, I have one more thing to cover on Stardew. Now, I know I said it probably a hundred times, like, oh, you know, just this one last thing. There's, all, there's always one last thing. When you complete the community center, go hit up Rasmodeus, and he has all kinds of cool stuff that you can buy slash build, and uh, basically it's like, pretty, it's pretty much like post-endgame stuff. He sells this clock, and you do have to, like I said, it's just like everything else. You have to pay for it and craft it. He has a clock that you can put down on your farm, and basically what that does is it eliminates all wear and tear throughout the seasons for anything. So if you build a wooden fence, that wooden fence will forever be there, which that's pretty cool. I think it's called like the, the golden clock or something like that. I don't remember. But he also has a bunch of cool stuff like obelisk that allow you to... I think they allow you to teleport to like the mountains and the beach and stuff like that. I'm not 100%. I've never built any of those yet, but they are pretty cool. And I would say the coolest thing that the wizard can build is a Junimo hut. And those little Junimos that you see at the community center, that kind of, I would say they kind of put everything back together. They have these little huts you can craft that will basically, they farm all of your stuff. And what I mean by that is, 
you know, if you've got everything set up by sprinklers, and which at this point in the game you should, and if you don't, maybe you're watering everything with an iridium watering pail. I don't know. That'd be cool too. I've never upgraded mine to that. But basically they gather all your fruit and or vegetables when they're time when it's their time to be harvested, which is pretty cool. It takes a lot of time out of your day because I know with like my plot of like 600 plants or crops that it takes me quite, it takes me probably a whole full day to collect everything. And I know like on the PC, it seems like some of the stuff can be faster with like the cursor and stuff, but on the switch that that's an awful lot of time. So it does definitely help on managing your game and managing your farm. All right, like I said, that was it. Last little piece of information I wanted to throw out there. So yeah, go check out Rasmodius, finish that community center, and uh, just keep on keeping on like the late, great Joe Dirt once said, right? Get out there, farm your fields, play with your animals, you know, play with your cat or dog, buy a horse, just do the damn thing. All right, so I did post on Facebook yesterday the next game that I will be playing. And it is an indie hit called Limbo. Check it out. It's on the Nintendo eShop for $1.99. Now, when this episode goes on tomorrow, which is via Tuesday the 16th, I think the sale is only going to be going on for a few more days past that. And it's marked down, I think it's like 80 or 75 or 80, 90% off. And if you guys aren't hip to the Nintendo Switch, the eShop has a bunch of killer sales pretty much constantly you know any given time you can hop on there and they'll have games slashed down to next to nothing like i've seen the uh lego skywalker saga that might be a fun one to play it's marked down like half price and i mean that's a pretty relatively new game so yeah check out those sales and like i said limbo i uh i wanted to take a few minutes to talk about my thoughts on it so far so basically what i can gather is it is a side scrolling Horror slash puzzle game is the best kind of description I can give. It is actually pretty cool. I uh, I remember one of my good friends playing this years ago on the Xbox 360. Like I said, so it's an older indie game, but that doesn't mean it's not that that it's not cool or that it's not good. I think uh, I, I think a lot of indie games get overlooked. I mean, there's a whole community of people that play just indie games and you know really you know push the ball for them and you know make them what they are today. But I definitely think Limbo is one of those cool games, right? Like I said, it's a side-scroller. I figured, you know what, instead of going crazy on a, I don't know, crazy on a full game on the console or anything, I was like, you know, why don't we kick back, find a cool, cheap indie game, and just kind of let it rip, right? You uh, you basically, there's no instructions or anything like that. It kind of just drops you in, and you have a couple buttons. You can jump and climb, and basically that's that's it, right? You just solve a bunch of puzzles. I will say that it's like, it's pretty dark, and I think playing at night or like playing in a dark room would make it even cooler, kind of, you know, give you that horror vibe. The, uh, the sound, and it's pretty cool, like some of the background music and noise. And I will say, there is a giant spider that eventually chases you. I'm not that far in it. I played it for maybe an hour or so last night. And like I said, I really like it. I think it's really cool. There's a giant spider chasing you, and yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk more about Limbo next Tuesday when we have more time. And until then, get on that Nintendo eShop. Check out those sales. Get on Facebook. Get on Twitter. Look up Rockhound Radio. Look, get on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rate and review. You know, the whole nine yards, right? And like I said before this, earlier this week, or last week, yeah, last week, Saturday is the big interview with Any Every Nothing podcast. So uh, hopefully Saturday, or it'll probably be Sunday, 
be on the lookout for that video coming up and I'm really looking forward to this interview. I think it'll be pretty sweet to, uh, you know, kind of kind of mingle with some local podcasters, right? Because like he said, it's all about networking and getting out there. So yeah, until then, uh, like I said, keep liking, keep sharing. I don't have a YouTube, so you can't subscribe, but, uh, you know, just keep doing your thing. And thanks again for everybody and all the support and all the messages, all my friends, my family, my wife. She's one of my biggest supporters. I love her to death. And... She always gets this look on her face, and I'm like, all right, honey, you know, this, I gotta go do this and this, and then I gotta go record in the studio. And she just kind of gives me a little smirk and kind of laughs. And, but I will say, she's one of my biggest supporters and one of my biggest fans, and I couldn't be more grateful for that, right? So before I get too emotional and start crying and really mess up the audio, you guys have a great rest of your week. I'll see you Friday. And like I said, until then, keep chasing them dreams and doing your own thing. I'll see you next time.